0: Cruise Radio is brought to you by InsureMyTrip.com. Travel insurance done right from the people who know travel insurance. Find out more at InsureMyTrip.com.
1: Broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio.
0: Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. So happy to have you here, my friend. On this episode, we'll check in with Don Buccalo. He just returned from Royal Caribbean's Enchantment of the Seas out of Port Canaveral, and he had a fabulous time with his wife, so we'll get a full, bow-to-stern, comprehensive review of that ship. But first, it's Stuart Chiron, the Cruise Guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. So uh starting off with some not-so-good news, uh, some tragic news, actually. Last week in Tunisia, uh, what exactly happened over there?
1: Well, unfortunately, 17 cruise passengers, uh, 13 from Costa, four from MSC, were killed by the uh, terrorists arriving at uh, one of the Tunisian museums. It's unfortunate. It's tragic. It's You know, it certainly couldn't have been predicted that this was going to happen. Tunisia is probably a port that uh, would not have been on my top uh, 200 list, Mm -hmm. uh, considering everything that's going on out there. You know, now we're dealing with uh, cruise lines that uh, were scheduled to call in Tunisia that have now since uh, canceled, including... Costa, MSC, Princess, and Holland America, among others.
0: So uh, when cruise lines back out of a port like Tunisia, is there a port close that they'll go to, or is it kind of too early to tell?
1: They will have rescheduled. I okay. mean, go to Malta, you know, there's just, you know, calls, additional time may be spent in ports like Istanbul. So, I mean, the, the ports have already been immediately uh added and uh, people were made aware of what they are.
0: Okay, good. Switching gears here, uh, Holland America introduced uh, some new entertainment options for the Koningsdam, which is their new ship coming out in the spring of 2016. Uh, what are we going to see?
1: Some pretty exciting stuff. Maybe some entertainment options, Doug, that uh, were not very uh, Holland America-ish. Mm-hmm. We're going to see uh, the Lincoln Center Stage, so they're going to have a Partnership with uh, one of the leading performing arts centers, and they're going to have some world-class uh, musicians performing uh, chamber music nightly. And uh, they're also going to have the Billboard on board, uh, which is going to be like a, a high-energy experience. So, uh, passengers uh, over 50 uh, say up a little past 8:30, uh, and uh, they're going to have live musicians uh, with 50 years of chart-topping hits.
0: Nice. I understand that the BB King's Blues Club is going to be on here, and this is going to be the eighth ship that Holland America has the BB King's Blues Club. So I, I think it's safe to say Holland America is no longer your grandpa's cruise line.
1: Well, I mean, they're, they're trying to shake the image, but yeah. uh, they're they're trying to be a lot for, I mean, they're trying to attract new passengers, but uh, they are very traditional. Sure. And uh, they do provide a fantastic uh, product. And uh, I, am I for one, am very excited about Cloning Stamp.
0: And it looks like some big changes in the Alaskan market.
1: Well, it's uh, actually pretty exciting news. Uh, we, you know, uh, last year, Doug, we had uh, the very first show ship to sail in Alaska, breaking the 100,000 threshold, which was Celebrity Solstice. And in 2016, we're going to see an even bigger ship, Royal Caribbean's Explorer of the Seas, which is about 138,000 tons, uh, plying the waters of America's uh, 49th state. So it's uh, certainly going to be uh, exciting for people to sail on such a big ship. You know, I think it's going to be kind of business as usual.
0: Nice, and uh, Royal Caribbean also shaking things up over in China.
1: Well, yeah, to to the (laughs) dismay of many, Doug, that uh, it was announced, uh, including myself, that uh, the Ovation of the Seas, which is the third quantum-class ship, will debut not in the U.S. market or Europe, but uh, it is being sent to China beginning in uh, April of 16, uh, Oasis, I'm sorry, Ovation of the Seas is going to be Royal Caribbean's fifth... Cruise ship based in China, and it's going to be in uh, Tianjin, so uh, which is the port for Beijing. Mm. So uh, they're going to have uh, ships sailing from Shanghai, Tianjin, Hong Kong, and Xiamen on five different Royal Caribbean ships. And you know it's unfortunate because we really thought that uh, the seven-day Caribbean market was finally going to get. In one of these spectacular ships, but uh, looks like uh, the only one that we're going to see is uh, Anthem of the Seas, which is going to be doing, which is doing, Florida Bahamas, some Caribbean and some Bermuda.
0: What What are the are uh, is like is China offering Royal Caribbean these big incentives to put these ships over here, or like what's involved with that?
1: Well, it it is a a large a growing market. There's a lot of potential. The passengers out there are paying, uh, you know, big premiums uh on on ships is it possible overkill to stick a billion dollar ship out there with all the features that uh, is on there that could have been uh handled by let's say a freedom class ship um quite possibly mm-hmm. uh i mean there's a lot of things that uh you know are going on in the industry that are really gonna uh shake things up uh including a mammoth new ship order that uh is uh on the horizon to be announced but uh it, there's there's a lot of people that are interested in sailing uh you know from from China it's it, you know they're not dealing with the you know the predispositions or the misconceptions of cruising um they just don't know what it's about it's kind of like where the caribbean was maybe you know 30 40 years ago
0: finally here we have carnival sunshine leaving port canaveral temporarily and heading up to new york city
1: contrary to uh, port canaveral's desires to reach uh, 200 million passengers themselves <laughs> You know, they're uh, uh, overzealous forecasting, but uh, Carnival Sunshine is going to be offering uh, sailings not only dug from New York, where they're going to have 20 voyages between June and October of 16. This is going to be the first time that a Carnival ship with uh, you know the Fun Ship 2.0 features will be uh, there in the Big Apple, but uh, they're also going to have a series of sailings from Charleston, South Carolina, as well as Norfolk, Virginia. And then eventually the ship... Uh, will return to the Space Coast beginning in November of 2016. So it's a great way for them to be able to kind of show these different markets uh, what the the newer Carnival ships have uh, by giving them a little bit of a taste.
0: So before we get to the listener question here, Stuart, you just said some big things to come, and you kind of skirted around that. What were you talking about?
1: I was referring to the the alleged order, Doug, of, of the largest. Remember, we were talking about China. We talked about it a lot on on, on the show, mm-hmm. and we mentioned that the only real way to to really take advantage of the China market is that the cruise line, the cruise industry, is going to have to have a mammoth order of new cruise ships, based on uh, what was uh, essentially agreed upon last week at Sea Trade in Miami. That Carnival Corporation is going to announce the order of new cruise ships. Oh. it's going to be significant. We haven't really seen, you know, very many of the details. Um, but uh, you know, the, there are you know many fleets that that really need new ships. So it certainly would make sense to see the new these new ships coming into the U.S. market, while some of the older ships get refurbished and get moved into you know just like that they would do into the Australia and China Southeast Asia market. But uh, I mean, I think we're going to see some really earth-shattering, hopefully, some earth-shattering ship designs.
0: And that would be from Carnival Corporate. So that were Carnival Corp. So that would be uh,
1: lines that certainly could see it. I mean, you know, we know there's two uh, Carnival Cruise Line uh, ships on order, but uh, you know, there could be more, specifically for Carnival. Uh, Costa is is rumored to be uh, on that list uh, to get some new ships in the 170,000 ton range. So uh, it's it's very exciting for the industry uh especially from the world's largest cruise company um uh, to really kind of shake things up and you know they'll take some of the older ships and move it to move it to China maybe some of the new ships will be there to counter uh, Royal Caribbean with uh you know Ovation and uh, Quantum of the Seas but uh it's going to be some uh, interesting um Interesting developments coming up that we'll be able to talk about in the weeks to come.
0: I love it. Okay, so our last thing here, Stuart, is apparently Carnival Pride did a repositioning cruise from Tampa up to Baltimore a couple of weeks ago, and 100 people got turned away because they didn't have their passport. They only had their birth certificate. And uh, I'm getting listener questions on this, and someone says, Do you in fact need a passport for a cruise that starts and ends within a U.S. port?
1: And the answer is, you do need a U.S. valid passport because uh, it is not a closed-loop cruise. A closed-loop cruise is when you travel uh, to and from the same U.S. city. If you travel from one U.S. city to another, like Baltimore to, let's say, Galveston, you do need a valid passport, and that's why those people were turned away.
0: <laughs> Man.
1: It is in writing. State Department does clearly define what is a closed-loop cruise and does specifically mention that when you were cruising between two different U.S. ports, that a passport is required because travel you know, anywhere internationally, which all of these cruises go international, uh, you do need a valid passport, whether it's by air or by cruise. But there's the one exception, and that's a closed-loop cruise. So if you're going in and out of Miami or in and out of Fort Lauderdale or in and out of New York, you don't need a valid U.S. passport. But you still need proof of uh, citizenship, like a certified copy of birth certificate along with a government-issued photo ID.
0: There you go. Straight from the cruise capital of the world. Stuart on the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or on Twitter at Cruise Guy. Thank you, man.
1: My pleasure.
2: If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on radio channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. Follow me.
0: How many times have you said... That'll never happen to us. Vacations are a big investment with both time and money, and they should be protected. For over a decade, InsureMyTrip.com has been the online travel insurance leader, offering the best plans from the most trusted providers. Our licensed and award-winning customer service team makes sure you have the right coverage for your travel. To find out why over 98% of travelers would recommend InsureMyTrip,
1: You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. We always like
0: getting your cruise reviews. If you have one you'd like to share, just shoot us an email, comments at cruiseradio.net, like Don Bucolo did from EatSleepCruise.com. He just returned on a uh, couple nights sailing, three nights sailing, yeah, from Royal Caribbean's Enchantment of the Seas, right down the coast here in Florida, out of Port Canaveral. What's up, Don? Hey, Doug. How are you doing? Good. I got to tell you, my friend Damon in Boston, I know you're from Boston, uh, he can't see the fence in his backyard right now. Are you about the same?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were. It's just starting to meld, but we definitely have more feet of snow than we should have at this point in March. Yeah, <laughs> it,
0: it is literally in Jacksonville. It's sunny and 86 degrees and not a cloud in the sky right now.
2: Uh, rubbing it in. Yeah, so. I know,
0: right? So we're going to talk all about your cruise. Uh, you got a little taste of the Caribbean with Enchantment of the Seas. So before we jump on the ship and start talking about the cruise itself, let's take a step back and uh, tell us about why you decided to sail on Royal Caribbean's uh, Enchantment of the Seas.
2: Yeah, well, it was kind of on a whim that we decided to do the sailing. We had just gotten back from Quantum of the Seas. and. Due to the fact that we love sailing and put everything on our credit card, we actually earned enough points to get a free three-day Bahamas cruise. And I wasn't thinking anything of it, but it just kind of the cards aligned that it was around my birthday. And as you mentioned, we've had all the snow up here. We're like, we need to get back down to the Caribbean as soon as possible. So uh, we went ahead and and used those points and redeemed a a free cruise. Nice. So uh, you
0: flew from Boston down to, uh, I guess, you go into Orlando. So did you do any pre or post cruise
2: stay down there? We did. We, we always do a pre-cruise stay uh, ever since we had one rushed uh, time where we flew in one morning for a cruise, but we haven't done that in a while. And we booked a, a package deal, so it included include transportation from Orlando to the hotel and then from the hotel to the port. Unfortunately, um, our flight was delayed, so we didn't really get in as we had hoped. We got in real early in the morning of our cruise, something like 1.30 in the morning. So it was, a little, it was a little bit more rushed than we had liked, but we were there in plenty of time to get on Enchantment of the Seas nice and early.
0: Okay, very good. So you get to Port Canaveral uh, and you go to embark Enchantment of the Seas. How was the embarkation process for you?
2: Oh, it was really smooth. It was very nice. It was actually everything we would hope Quantum would have been with the ease of getting through security and up through check-in. Um, the term It's the brand new terminal that they have there. And we were through everything in less than 10 minutes and waiting in the kind of the little area where they put you inside to get called onto the ship. We got there right around 10 o'clock in the morning. We were on the ship by 1045, and that's mainly because the ship wasn't ready yet. We were there so early, but it was a really nice embarkation.
0: I like this ship, Enchantment, because it's a Vision-class cruise ship, and it was when it was launched, uh, it was... Only like 916 feet long. It went to dry dock in 2005 and they added 70 feet onto this ship. And so, from uh, 2005 till now, uh, the ship is 988 feet long and it added uh, a few thousand tons to it as well. So, with that said, you step
2: on Enchantment of the Seas. What were your first impressions? Oh, it was was a very nice ship. Yeah, it definitely has been updated, as you mentioned. And coming from sailing on a lot of the larger ships out there, and and this is kind of the last, we haven't been on this class of ship in a long time we were worried about the size but it, it was a really nice size you walk in on deck four and that's kind of the centrum area where it's open and you can see the r bar which is uh, a great place to hang out and they had live music and, and the staff are real friendly so it definitely uh, was very welcoming
0: you said you're worried about the size why were you worried about it <laughs>
2: Well, we honestly love sailing on mega ships, Mm -hmm. you know, allure and the Freedom Class. So to go onto a ship like this, which we haven't been on in like seven or eight years, we weren't sure if we were going to feel like it was too small or there wasn't enough to do. But it was actually the total opposite. Um, The layout of the ship was really nice, and they pack so much into those three days that you're always constantly going there's always something to do. So uh, I, the size of the ship, you don't even think about that when, when you're, you're going from one event to the next or, yeah. or going to port a call. So uh, that, was our, that was our only initial concern because we hadn't been on a ship of this size in such a long time.
0: Very good. So uh, you make your way to your stateroom. So first off, what kind of stateroom did you have and what did you think of it?
2: We had an ocean view on deck two, and that was actually part of the the deal that we had with the points. So we had a book in, in ocean view, and we... Um, i haven't seen an ocean view before so it was it was pretty nice it was on a lower deck than we would have liked but it was easy to get around to the other decks from there and the pool deck was only on deck nine so it wasn't really that far from if you would stay on a larger ship and stayed on a, a few decks higher so it was a nice room good location
0: how uh, how was it appointed did you find plenty of space and outlets and all of that
2: I would say I know they're slightly bigger. We normally stay in an inside cabin because I'm economical. Sure. And I know these, I know they're a little bit bigger. If it didn't feel a whole heck of a lot bigger, um, but there was definitely plenty of space for us to kind of sprawl out for the few days and leave our suitcases where we normally do, and mm-hmm. and to have all electronics plugged in. No, it was it was just right for what we needed.
0: So let's move to the food then and talk about food uh, on on board enchantment of the seas because it's not one of the big mega ships, so you're not going to find two dozen restaurants on board. <laughs> uh, but what really stuck out to you, and what did you think of the main dining room?
2: Well, we loved we loved the main dining room, uh, and we did a my time dining. It was actually. The first time we've ever done that, and we thought it was a really smooth process, uh, it's it's the standard menu that Royal Caribbean offers, and we went online and kind of got what the menus were supposed to be for those three days. So the food was definitely on par. The service was excellent. Our, our wait staff was very accommodating and very responsive. Um, so the main dining room was great. We did it for dinner all three nights, and we actually didn't eat there for, for breakfast or any other meals. but given given the size there are a few other casual restaurants that we enjoy they have a park cafe in the solarium on the ship and that's a place we love to stop to get sandwiches uh, breakfast sandwiches in the morning or sandwiches at lunchtime and then they have the the buffet which we normally try to avoid with on the larger ships because you there's so many other venues but um though but the buffet here was fine we we grabbed a couple snacks there kind of midday sort of our uh, lunch when we needed something or just a quick pick me up and it was it was Fine. Let's talk about entertainment. Yeah, they they've had a lot of entertainment on the ship and definitely we were expecting the entertainment to not be on par of maybe some of the other ships like a Freedom class or you know some of the other ships, but that definitely wasn't the case. Uh they had a bunch of shows and actually we missed the farewell show because there was just so much going on, but the headliner was actually a magician we had seen on America's Good Talent and he was very he was very good. He was a second night and then they had a comedian who was part of the welcome aboard show as well as the late night um and they had like a late night comedy one night and he was funny he was definitely not your typical comedian on a cruise ship he did a lot of sound humor and physical humor and uh kind of hit or miss i I found mm-hmm. some of his and, and some of his material funny because it was a little bit younger demographic i think was targeting um but yeah no the entertainment definitely there's like i said always something to do and we usually catch we try to do everything and we just couldn't because there was just so many things packed into the three days
0: any bars or restaurants stick out to you
2: the like I said, the r bar in the Centrum that's kind of the place to be inside, and then the place to definitely be outside is the Oasis bar, so that's on the port side, and it has kind of this view that looks over the ship um but honestly, all the bars were really busy over the three days. I think people kind of go on these cruises and let, they let loose, so oh, yeah, um, yeah it's a
0: party cruise that's what all 3 day cruises are all about just letting your hair
2: down and letting it all go <laughs> it was it, so getting a drink was difficult and it but it do, wasn't the bar the bar service's fault at all it just everyone it was drinking uh we did do a drink package and i noticed a lot of other cruises had them too which um I think meant maybe some other people, you know, some people were maybe going uh, drinking a little bit more than they normally would. Uh, and we did also notice one of the things that really stuck out to me were the number of bachelorette potties on the ship. I felt like I was in Vegas at some points because everywhere you would look would be a, a group of women like wearing matching t-shirts or a woman walking around with a, a veil or something and a bunch of other girls with her. So, uh, that was something we didn't expect to see. Moving on. And let's talk about,
0: uh, before I get myself in trouble, let's talk about the sea days on the ship, uh, First off, did you have
2: any? We didn't have okay. any, no. First day, you, you stop at Nassau, Bahamas at 12 o'clock. So you have like a sea morning.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so that, and then we stopped at their private island this uh, the third day, uh, Coco Cay. And I mean, you don't have to get off the ship there because it's their private island. There's a couple things to do, but we did get off the ship. So there's no real official sea days. But when we were on, on the deck that the second day in the morning, there was plenty of space. And actually the, Setup of this pool deck was really nice. They have a lot of a lot more space, it seemed like, and a lot more deck chairs. The pools are a little they only have two pools and then like a little kids' area. So it is a little bit maybe smaller than some of the ships that have more pools. But it seemed like that morning there was plenty of available deck chairs um on the main pool deck, net not to mention the deck above it. And then we came back early the third day from their private island, uh like late afternoon, mid afternoon, and we we stayed out there for a little while and there was plenty of deck chairs that we had there. It it never really seemed seemed like the ship was that full unless you were at a bar.
0: Right. <laughs> sure. Go figure. Uh hey back to the entertainment for um uh, just a second.
2: Uh did you play the quest show at all? We didn't get a chance to play the quest. We did get to witness it, which mm-hmm. it's been a while since we have uh actually go and participated in the quest, but it was in a smaller venue uh, and it was just packed. And we got there a little bit late cause we were at another show. So we did get to witness it. It's always a good time. Um, <laughs> It's more fun when you get to participate, but we were in the back of the crowd and we had to sit on a ledge. So uh, it is definitely for folks who, who don't know what the Quest is or are going on a Royal Caribbean cruise and they say, participate in the Quest, definitely do it, just get there early because you know, everyone's running there to be part of it.
0: You know, and uh, I can't run for president because of the, some Quest photos <laughs> that are floating around <laughs> out there.
2: <laughs> well, that's yeah, now with YouTube and everything, that's the only thing I would say, just be careful because there was at one point a gentleman that looked like he just had a GoPro or something on a stick and was taping it, taping everything. And who knows what he's going to be doing with that information. So, yeah, definitely, if you have any uh, any political ambitions or anything else like that, just be careful, because people do some crazy things in the quest that they probably wouldn't normally have done otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about the porch you went to. Uh, sure. So we went to uh, Nassau, Bahamas, and we did a 12 to 12 stay. So we were there uh, quite a while. We ended up doing kind of just an island tour. Through the cruise company, we actually haven't been to that island in quite a long time, too. So it was good to kind of get around and see some of the old forts and the Queen Stairs. And I had a quick stop in Atlantis, but there wasn't really anything you could do in Atlantis. It was nice. And then we got back on the ship and they do a really cool sail away party in Nassau. So if you're going to spend all your time in Nassau, I think I think back on board, you got to be on it for like 1130 p.m. So if you're in Nassau LA on on this cruise. As soon as you get back, just head up to the pool deck, Deck Nine. They have a midnight buffet with snacks and a DJ, and it's, it's, a, it's a great time.
0: Cool. And your next port was Coco Cay, which is Royal Caribbean's private island. What did you do there?
2: Yeah, so the third day was Coco Cay. We honestly just kind of laid around on the beach and had some Coco Locos, the signature frozen drink they have there. But they do offer a lot of other things that you could do. They have snorkeling, they have wave runners, uh, but we just decided kind of – Relax in the sun. It was that day was really hot. So it was I love the heat, but my wife's not a big fan of it. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of laid in the sun as as long as she could handle it. And then we headed back to the ship.
0: You've been in Boston all winter and she's not a fan of the heat.
2: (laughs) What's wrong with this the picture? Sun, the heat. <laughs> and it was, I will admit it was, it was pretty hot. I wasn't expecting the Bahamas to be that hot, but Coco K just felt like either our, the angle of the sun was at or sure. whatever it may be. But yeah, I, I, it was, it was fine. We got back on the ship and I still got some more sun time, but we just needed a break to be out of the sun and in some shade.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, let's round this interview out. And I'm going to ask you, do you have any first time been there, done that tips for Enchantment of the Seas?
2: Um, Been there, done that. Some of the same tips I would always suggest. Uh, check out the Park Cafe. Uh, it's open on Embarkation Day and it's open for lunch and breakfast. It's in the Solarium and it's. Anytime we went there, it was relatively quiet, so people kind of rushed to the buffet, but definitely go ahead and check that place out. Read the cruise compass, bring a highlighter, and highlight the things you want to do because there are so many things going on, and you'll hear the announcements. It's just a laundry list of activities happening like one after the other, so definitely make sure you grab a cruise compass and check that out. There were a lot of first-time cruisers on there. I would say that if you've never been on a cruise or never been on a Royal Caribbean cruise, you can't really pre-book anything for this show, but we didn't find at least the time of year we sailed that the shows were overly packed or busy. So if you get to a show or something you want to do 15, 20 minutes before the start time, you should be fine.
0: Very good. We have 30 seconds left. So give us your final thoughts.
2: Definitely Enchantment of the Seas is worth it. Uh, they do a three-day and four-day to the Bahamas. And if you're new to the Royal Caribbean and want to give a sense of what the company's like, we've been on tons of ships. So I think this is a good representation, and you'll have a good time.
0: You can find him at eatsleepcruise.com. Also, his review of Enchantment of the Seas. We'll link to it in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. been talking with Don Bukolo up there in Boston. Dude, I hope that snow melts, and stay warm, my friend. Thank you, sir. You have a good one. Thanks again, Doug.
1: Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the InsureMyTrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at Cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.